and <laughs> I've still ate, Gina, okay, I just hadn't been to the store. Um, I, I walked in, and guess what they had? A freezer section, and guess, it was a whole aisle of nothing but ice cream. I mean, I could have pulled up a chair, and every day I could have ate different. Have you ever been there? Do you need ice cream? You, but, okay, you do. How do you know what you need? If you listen to the TV, you need a new car. You need that new lawnmower. You know, you need a house, a beautiful big house with a pool in the backyard. You need a landscape yard, because if you mow your grass, it really says something about you. I mean, if you, if you mow your own grass, I mean, you know, then you, you need to have a good job. And, and what else do you need? You need money. You need more money. You need, and you also need to have a bank account set aside so when your kids are ready to go to college, all you have to do is tell them which college to go to, and you write a check out of it. Okay, what else do you need? You need insurance. And boy, it's going to cost you this year. Okay, you need insurance. And, and when you get to be 55 years old, you need to start thinking about retirement. And when you hit 62, bless God, you need to pack it in. And then do what? Fish and hunt and enjoy life. That's what you need. Is it? I'm going to put before you today that you don't know what you need. That only through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ will you ever truly know what your need is. Now, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, Okay? That's your need. Okay? If you don't know him, then you have no direction in your life. You, you, you're just wandering. Okay? And that's where you're at. Okay? And you'll not have direction until you surrender to him. If you're going to live your life in fear, it's going to build until you breathe your last breath. The fear is going to grow as you live your life on your own terms by your own understanding. Every day, guess what? Every day you're closer to death. You ready? <laughs> nice, right? Every day. Susie, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but guess what? As soon as Chloe was born, okay, that first breath, it's all downhill after that. Amen. <laughs> now, if you cause it to happen first, uh, that's a problem. Do you, do you realize that death is a reality? And it's not anything you can control. It could happen in this service, okay? So should you have something to fear? I would put before you, if you do not have Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you have a lot to be afraid of. Matter of fact, I would tell you, that I don't know how you take a step every day without it. Because it could be your last. This step could be the step into eternity. I don't know how you do it. I don't. I really, I don't understand it. Now, what do you think it means here? It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Is it personal? My, right? Is he yours? David's saying, he's the one that leads me. The word pastor actually means shepherd. You know, people tell uh, pastors when they come, we want somebody to lead us. And then when he starts to lead, we don't want anybody to lead us. We want somebody to do what we want him to do. That's what we want with God, isn't it? In our flesh, we want God to validate us. That would be 
I am my shepherd, and the Lord is to serve me. Follow me, Lord. You think he's on board with that plan? Let's talk about needs. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall what? That's anti-American right there. Right? Isn't it? Doesn't every commercial tell you what you want? Ladies, don't you need that new phone? Don't you? I mean, the other one's so slow. I mean, in, in those, you know, your thumbs are having to work too close together. You need that new phone, right? Imagine how you, you text 9,000 people last month. Imagine you could go over the 10,000 mark if you had the new phone. Oh, I'm not just picking on them. I was telling the first service, uh, I go to play golf sometimes with the pagan pastor over at Corinth. <laughs> Will. And he, he busted out with his brand new Callaway driver. And he beat me on every hole. Why is that funny, Julie? <laughs> I mean, I go out there for edification. And you know what I said? You know the first thing I said was? I need that driver. <laughs> I need that driver, right? And so guess what I did? Drivers are not cheap for any of you that don't know golf, but they're, they're not cheap. So I say it until I had enough. And I went and guess what I did? I bought that driver. Went out there. Guess what? He beat me on every hole. <laughs> you know what? I didn't drive any further with that new driver. You ever find that your wanter is never full? It's never full. There's always another thing that's going to catch my eye. That I think it's going to make me drive it further than someone else. And the only reason I want to drive it further than him is so I can be more significant than him. Is it not it? Or he's my brother in Christ. Shouldn't I be? He's going there. I hope he outdrives me. Maybe he needs some encouragement. But that's not what I think. I'm closest to holes. And if I don't drive it well, I tell him, well, you drive for show and putt for dough. <laughs> I want lots of things. But he's starting off here by saying, look, you know what you need? You need a shepherd. You know what you need? A shepherd. Chloe, see, how I'm picking on you. Let's pick on Ryan. Ryan's a senior this year. Ryan, let me tell you. People are going to tell you what you need to do and that you need to figure out life right now. How many of y'all, when you were a senior in high school, got the speech? You need to figure out what you're going to do with your life, boy. My dad pulled me aside and gave me the speech. I had no clue what I wanted to do. You know one thing you need to figure out? That you need a shepherd. And once you figure out you need a shepherd, guess what you need to do? Follow the shepherd. Do I have to figure out the world? No. I know this one thing. If I'm wanting anything other than that, I'm outside of my need. He talks about two things next. He said, well, you need food and you need water. Guess what he deals with next? Food and water the sheep become so agitated sometimes that they won't eat there'll be food right there and they're all agitated kind of like baptist church members when they get together like porcupines you know they get close boom and they hit each other boom and 
the shepherd at times has to grab the sheep and force them down, take grass, and push it in their mouth. Otherwise, they won't eat. It seems interesting to me. It also says that he leads me beside what? Still waters, quiet waters. Sheep are afraid of moving water. Do you realize that sheep will drown by just putting their nose in the water? They have real tiny legs and can't support their body if it got wet, so they're very afraid of water. Who are the sheep here? A good shepherd would dam up a little place in the stream so the water would stop moving so that they could drink. Life runs fast, doesn't it? Sometimes God has to stop it. Sometimes God has to lay you right down and give you the sustenance you need. Oh, we spend all of our time praying, God, please get me out of these circumstances that I'm in. When maybe the health problem you got is the best thing that could ever happen to you. Because maybe in and through the health problem, you might realize that you're not in control of your own life. Maybe the problem with your family will help you know that all you need is a shepherd. Ladies, you don't need a man. I'm telling you, men. They're good to have around, but it's not a need. Men, you don't need a woman. Now, if God brings one alongside you that's going to help serve him, great. But that's not the need in your life. <laughs> I see it. Let's, let's read Matthew 6, 33 and 34. Let's bring it up. Let's read it out loud. Go. Do you agree with that? Each day has enough trouble. I'm only 40, but aren't you glad that God doesn't give you an itinerary of the day before you start out? I'd never get out of my pajamas. Never would I get out of my pajamas. So don't worry about tomorrow. Let's deal with the right now, okay? The shepherd only gives us one step at a time. What does it mean here when it says these things? What are these things? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Everything you need. What do you need? You don't know. It's not up to you what you need. Do you realize that Jesus went out in the wilderness for 40 days and God decided, his father decided that he didn't need bread and that he didn't need water for 40 days. And Satan tempted him in the middle of it, trying to get him to think that God didn't love him. Did God the father love his son? Yes, then why was he withholding bread? Water from him. Because it wasn't up to him. It was up to the Father's plan. And Satan wants to all the time come in to us in our circumstances. See, 
If God loved you, he wouldn't be having you sick. If God loved you, you wouldn't be having family problems. If God loved you, you wouldn't have trouble reading your Bible. If God loved you, your job would have been secure and your retirement and all the rest. Is that true? Think about how much we pray about help. Oh, God, help Brother Chris with his sore toe. He's really hurting this week, and we pray that you would heal his toe. Is that a good prayer? How about this prayer? Dear God, I don't know why Brother Chris's toe is hurting him, but I pray that through this he will know you. What do you think? Who are you trusting in to provide for your needs? Are you trusting in tradition? Are you trusting in uh, your feelings, what you think, what you've experienced in your life? Or are you dependent on God's word? I just, just ask him. You know, Jesus kind of answered this. Let's bring up John 10. This is what it says. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be what? He will go in and out and find sustenance, pasture. You think God will provide for you? What if you, what if you turned it all over to him? Would he? Yes. Only God can provide for needs. Let's look at number two. Now we're going to get a little more personal. Only God can direct humanity. Do you believe that? You're a quiet group today. And there's a satanic fly in my face. <laughs> have you ever just cried out to God for direction for your life? I have. When I was a teenager... I remember crying out to God to show me what to do. When it was always right there in his word. I wanted, though, God to, Don, I wanted God to bypass his word, and I wanted to come, him to come directly to me and give me some epiphany of it. Wouldn't that be great? No, it wouldn't. Because guess what? In the last 20 years of struggling, God has shown me so not despite the problems, but in the midst of them. Look what the Bible says. It says, he what? Verse 3. What is your soul? Quiet, see? What is your soul? Your will, your choices, the part of you that makes decisions. And he says, God has restored my will. This is what new birth is all about. It's like, whoosh, clean slate. What does it mean in 2 Corinthians 5, 17? It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. New things have come. He's restored me. I don't make the same choices that I used to make. Because what were the choices I made before? They were all about me. What I wanted. What's going to make me happy? The interesting thing about it is, when I submit to the Lord and say, whatever makes you happy, then in turn, I will be it's funny how that works, Mary. 
He guides me in the paths of what? Do you in and of yourself know how to be right with God? You're a sheep. You need leadership. Without leadership, you will die. You can't feed yourself. You can't wash yourself. You can't do nothing by yourself is what the Bible says. You're a sheep. You see, every path looks the same to me. That's what was so hard when I became a senior in high school. I struggled through the whole year. And then I decided that my dad never made any money, so I was going to be about making some money. I was going to go into the military. I was going to be a diver. And then, in a stroke of genius from God, through my own ignorance, my fiance got pregnant. That'll change your life at 18. Well, there goes making money. Babies are expensive. You know it was the best thing that ever happened to me? You say, well, didn't God judge the sin? Do you realize that babies aren't sin? Do you realize that sex before marriage is sin? And God will judge it. But a baby is always a blessing. Always. And God used that as a process of showing me how weak I am. And it's been a long process. I hope you don't have to struggle the way I have in my life. But you know what? As I look back, the path seems like it's lit the whole way. I can see it. Do you know what? When I look forward, I can't. You know why? Because he's wanting me to depend on him right now. Look what 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says. Read it out loud. I don't want you to think of our shepherd even if he's not your shepherd yet I don't want you to think of him as an angry man up there that just wants to bop you over the head he wants to use your decisions and the circumstances of your life to draw you to him isn't that good so why would I pray to change though It says, he guides me in the paths of righteousness for whose sake? You see, my life is about him now, not about me. Who's directing your life? Is it money? <laughs> I got to tell you, with the economy the way it is, good luck. The American dream has changed, folks. Pretty soon it's going to be you're thankful you got a place to live and you got a place to eat. <laughs> changing it's coming whether you like it or not what's John 10 3 and 4 say let's read it together I'll read it out loud you read it to yourself to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep how and he leads them out 
when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them. And sheep follow him because they know his voice. It's really easy to say that the Lord's your shepherd, isn't it? But when it comes right down to it, Jesus himself said, I'm the shepherd. And he said, the way you know if I am your shepherd is if you know my voice. Because there's lots of voices telling you what to do, isn't there? So the only way you know you're listening to the voice of the Lord is when you're obedient to his word. It's really quite simple. We like to cloud it up, don't we? Because we like to think we can live our lives for ourselves and somehow still have a relationship with God. Because we really think God is subservient, really. He's utilitarian, meaning he's here for me. He's the sheep, I'm the shepherd. No, he's the shepherd. Guess what I am? I'm the dumb sheep. I, I can get lost in my own back yard. Have you, have you ever really thought about your own life and how easy you fall into the flesh? It doesn't take but one phone call. It doesn't take but reading one thing on Facebook. It doesn't take much, right? Before I'm in the flesh. So I'm asking you, who directs your life? You say, God does. When's the last time you talked to him? When's the last time you asked him for direction? You see, because here's the deal. He's not directing your life unless you've asked him to direct your life. He doesn't direct by osmosis. But let's move on. Lastly, truth number three. Only God can protect life. Are you pro-life here? I'm not asking a baby question. Pro-life. What is life? Eternal life, John 17, 3 says, is knowing God. And in knowing God, I will truly know my own weakness. Do you know him? Look what the Bible says. Even though I walk where? We like this at funerals because we think this has something to do with death, but it has more to do with life than it does with death. Shadow of death. We're all, remember, Susie and I and every one of the rest of you are marching toward death. Chloe's a little bit behind us, okay? But we're marching in cadence to death. And you can deny it all you want, but it's coming. Is it a shadow? Only if you have a shepherd. If you don't have a shepherd who is guiding your life each step of the way, death ought to freak you out. And I would say, by the way, most professing Christians deal with death, that they are freaked out. It says, even though I walk through the valley of... If I, if I have a shepherd, what? I will what? I will, what? Fear no evil. Does that mean that there's no evil out there? There is evil out there. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may, what? Devour. Is there danger out there in the world? Yes, there is. So how are you going to navigate it? 
Ladies and gentlemen, there are dangerous things. I would say the mo- I would say that the most important decisions you make in your life are from the ages of 17, 18, 19, and 20. Four years. Four years you make the most important decisions of your life. Some of you are on the precipice or in the middle of it. Who's directing your life or are you just kind of going through it? I'm telling you what, God will bring about circumstances to make you face it. Now, in the middle of the circumstance, you can either keep making bad decisions or you can repent, surrender your life to him and seek his will. But listen to me, every one of you will face it, every one of you, just as every one of us face it. You will, it's coming. And it's not bad if you have a shepherd. If you don't have a shepherd, be very afraid. He goes on. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's interesting. The rod here is for discipline. The staff is for security. You know, the staff, if you fell over, he could pull you up with the crooked staff. But the rod was, if you got out of line, he'd pop you. Do you like the discipline of the Lord? How many of y'all would just say, I just love it when God disciplines me. God has took me to the woodshed more than once. And you know, I look back and it hurts. But you know what I remember? I remember that he loved me enough to wail on me a little bit. You say, well, he's never done that to me. Well, the Bible says that you're not a legitimate child. He disciplines every one of his sheep, every one of his children. You prepare a table before me. What this is talking about is, and we saw this in India, before a shepherd lets the, fe- the sheep go into a field, there's predators out there, snakes mainly, and he'd go and take oil and put it around the hole where the snake would come out. And the snake doesn't like to get the oil on him, so the, just the, the smell of it would keep the snake in the hole. Then he'd take the oil and he'd put it on the sheep's head. So even if the snake came out of the hole, they would smell the oil that got on from coming out of the hole and would avoid them. And the interesting thing here is it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. The sheep go in the field right in the middle of the serpents and can eat and the snake can't do anything about it. What does John 17 say? Let's bring it up. Jesus is about to leave. This is his high priestly prayer. What's he say? Read it out loud. Wouldn't it have been great if the minute you get saved, God would just take you? No, it wouldn't. You see, because throughout all of eternity, our chore is to get to know God. Right here is really the only time we have a choice to either choose our flesh or his spirit. You see, in heaven, all we're going to have is his spirit. So these are amazing days that we have of choosing every day. Who am I going to serve? Don't take them out. Keep them from. How do you keep from the evil one? They might know. Who's got the answer? He finishes it with the psalm, and I'll finish it with it. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy, it really covers both sides, my steps and my stumbles. There's goodness for my steps and there's 
mercy when I stumble. These are good things, right? Have you, have you been there? And it says this, and I will what? How do you stay safe in this life? I, I purposely am trying to keep down my emotions today to not distract you from the word. In that, you may go to sleep. That's, that's fine, but that just really says you, you don't care about the word. I, I don't want me to come in between what the word is saying. Is it possible to live through this world protected? And what does that mean? Does that mean that no bad thing will ever happen to you? That is most definitely not what it means. Was Job in the middle of God's will when all of that happened to him? Yes, he was. Matter of fact, God even told Satan, Have you, says Satan was, walking to and fro in the world. And he says, have you looked into tempting Job? Would you like to insert your name in that? So how do you live through life where bad things are happening all the time? How do you live protected? Protected in eternal life, meaning I'm coming to know him through every situation and circumstance of my life. And how do I do that? By dwelling. It's not a house, folks. It's a person. Let's bring up John 10, 11. Keep going. There it is. Jesus says, I am what? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Has he done that? Let's bring up the next one. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Here's the question. When we start talking about knowing the Lord, it should bring a verse back that I bring up all the time because I feel like it's the scariest three verses in Scripture. Let's turn there. Let's turn to Matthew's Gospel, and we'll finish there. We're going to the, to the end of the Sermon on the Mount Chapter 7 of Matthew. The interesting thing is Jesus gives a story at the end of his sermon. It's the greatest sermon that was ever preached, I believe. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He ends it with a story about a wise man and what? You remember that song when you were kids? Do you remember... The wise man built his house upon... Sing it with me. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came tumbling. Remember? And the rains came down and the... The rain... And the house on the rock... It said, the foolish man built his house on the sand... The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. And the rains came to And the... Come on, don't be shy. We learned another verse that said, So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. Build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The storms are coming, folks. If they hadn't already hit you, they're coming. And there's storms that you can't even imagine up to this point. Just before this, he gives this warning. Verse 21. Read quietly while I read aloud. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven which is in translation saying, not everyone that says they're a Christian is a Christian. But he who what? How do you know what the will of God is? You follow the shepherd. How do you know what the shepherd's voice is? You're skipping steps, but you got it. You say, I know the Bible. I grew up knowing the Bible. Everybody that I've ever heard say that, they don't know the Bible. They know mama's interpretation of the Bible. And guess what? Mama said ain't going to work on Judgment Day. No matter how good mama was. There are no grandchildren in God's family. Let's read the next verse as we close. Many. How many? I want you to understand this because in a couple verses before this, in verse 14, it says that those who enter through Christ are few. I want you to be aware of this. That out of the many, let's say there's a hundred in here. How many would be many and how many would be a few? Is a few ten? It certainly is less than 50%. The Bible says there's few that find it, and many are going to say this. This is where I want you to just wake up. Okay? Here's what it says. Many will say to me on judgment day. What? Lord, you're my Lord. Woo, it's good to be here. Always knew it was going to be great. And he says, why should I let you into heaven? And you're going to say, I prophesied in your name. That's just another word for preaching. So this stabs right back at me. I preached the gospel at Hales Chapel Baptist Church. And he says, big deal. I can preach to you every week and be lost and on my way to hell. So that's right back on me. How about the next one? In your name, I cast out demons. I did an ex I have exercised the demon. And the Lord says, big deal. Then he says what? I performed miracles. I went to Brother Chris's big toe, and I laid hands on it. And suddenly we just saw that old ingrown toenail just come right out. And I said, "Woo! the power of the Lord is here. Because we have seen his mighty works. And the Lord says, big deal. So if you're basing it on your church attendance, or if you're basing it on your Sunday school teaching, your singing in the choir, or whatever, the Lord's going to say, that's not the standard. 
what's the standard? Here we go. Let's see. He says, if I can find it. Then I will declare to them, I never knew you and you never knew me, is what the last part says. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Because those that know him, what's the Bible say? Follow his voice. Those that know the shepherd, the shepherd knows his sheep, and the sheep follow him. You say, well, it's not a big deal. The Lord knows that I'm sincere. Does he? How does he know? I taught the children last week. If I could teach them every week, I would. We talked about the effectual call of God. That God calls every person. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in them. But the effectual call is those that actually accept. And it's totally the work of God. And it is in three ways. Here it is. God works like this every time across the board. And if this has never happened to you, I can tell you 100% that you are not a Christian. You ready? It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Number one, he convinces us of our sin. Not sins, but sin. Who we are, not what we've done. He convinces us because in and of our own flesh, we're not convinced that we're that bad. We think, you know, if I take Brother Tom and Brother Chris and Mary Esther, I'm stacking up pretty good. That's what most of us think. But the Spirit of God always convinces you that you are a sinner. Always. If that has not happened to you, you are not a Christian. Number two. He enlightens our mind to know or to want to know the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I don't really give a rip whether I'm in God's Word. It doesn't really matter to me. I mean, we, I bring it to church because, you know, that's what we do. But I have no desire to get in this word. Then the Spirit of God's not working in your life, and you're not a Christian. I don't know why that's so difficult for us to come to. How many sins have you confessed this week? Is it because you didn't have any? Or maybe it's just you're convinced that, not convinced that you... How much time have you spent in God's word this week? Maybe he's not enlightened your mind to know the significance of it. The last part is renewing us each day to keep at this struggle of dealing with our own sin and wanting to know the Lord better. You say, all you talk about, Brother Dan, is daily quiet time and prayer. Because that is the only way you can know if he's your shepherd. And I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And all I want to do is make a straight path to the Lord Jesus Christ so that when you stand before the Lord, you're not going to be able to say, No one ever told me! No, but what you will be able to say is, I heard it, but I wanted to believe my way. And the Bible calls it lawlessness. And he's not pleased. It's no mystery how God works. The mystery is how we can keep going and deceiving ourselves with the same lies that Adam and Eve bought into. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. I don't know where you're at. We have already made a commitment at the beginning of the service that we are expecting God to work in this service.
not just generally, but we were expecting him to work in our lives. And we said that whatever he told me to do, I would do. Now that's going to be tested right now. Because there's going to be other voices in your head that are going to tell you, you don't have to do this in front of people. You can just do this quietly in your own heart. That's baloney. There's a battle going on right here. And maybe your soul hangs in the balance. I don't know. The music's going to play in just a moment, and you can come. The question before us is, is the Lord your shepherd, or are you just wandering? Father God, use this time for your glory. In Jesus' name. Come.